Welcome to Marvel Vision, a podcast about Marvel, the MCU, and right now, a bunch of news updates. I'm Alex. I'm Justin. And yeah, news updates. I was I felt like I needed to recap something before I got it here, but that's a classic uh <laughs> see this trait that you've developed. Personal exactly. I just snap into it. Previously on Marvel, it was called Timely <laughs> Comics, and now here we are. Good. That's pretty let's much let's start at the beginning. Okay. Uh, so let's jump into the most serious subject first. This is something that we talked about a couple of weeks back on the podcast, but there have been new developments in the Jonathan Majors case. Previously, just actual brief bit of recap here in terms of what happened. The star of Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania, and future Kang star. I was going to say, to call him the star of that movie is uh, not quite right. The star <laughs> of Marvel. He's the star of Marvel. Exactly. Forward. Like, they're basically their main guy right now. He reportedly abused his girlfriend or a girl he was dating in a cab, maybe choked her. Um, she... Uh, potentially got very hurt off of that. There's been a lot of development since then in terms of his lawyer released some texts from her that frankly really seemed like she was in an abusive relationship. It was hard to read it any other way there. He has been dropped by a ton of different projects. He has bowed out of other projects. Reportedly more women are coming forward say with abuse allegations as part of this upcoming court case or at least court date that he's going to be attending. So a lot of stuff going on. The one company we haven't heard anything from is Marvel. Marvel hasn't said anything. And I was hesitant to talk about this a couple of weeks back because obviously, and it still is, it's a very serious subject. The Marvel is much lesser than women potentially being abused. But my feeling on it, and I was curious to get your feeling on it, is we're not at the point where Marvel has to do something. Like, they can't keep silent at this point. Yeah, they need to. If It's just crazy to me that Marvel, you know, that is the first company that people thought of when this was emerging as an issue, is going to be the last to speak on it. Like, even the smallest movie that he was working on was like, um, we're not going to have him move forward, or he's bowed out of this. His, like, third agent was like, uh, we're sort of taking a break from the Jonathan Majors business. It's sort of like, Marvel, yeah, you can't... This bodega do- guy was like, no bacon, egg, and cheese for Jonathan Majors anymore. <laughs> but, but for real, and so, like, yeah. for Marvel to not do anything is weird. And I think you've made this point on, uh, on in different places, like, they have a huge movie dropping, uh, Guardians 3, and they're going to get – the stars of that movie are going to get asked about this. And you don't want to put that – that this very serious issue that is like, you know, it, it's something that we as a society have to grapple with on their big movie of the summer, their big movie of the year that they need to have crush. To have that be the conversation around it is a is not what they want. So it's just crazy to me that they're not moving forward. Yeah, I've, I've been trying to game through it in my head a little bit if I am Marvel. I mean, first of all, of course, they want these allegations to go away. If you're Marvel, you want it to be like, great, uh, Jonathan Majors cleared, hooray. I think it's still going to hang over him because if, for the rest of his life, like even if he goes to court and they're like, yep, yeah, 100% not guilty for what I, I mean, that never happens. But if that happens, people are still going to, and I think rightly say, hey, man, a lot of domestic abusers get off scot-free. People are scared to talk about it. That's the whole thing. Like, that is literally the whole thing. So this is something that's going to dog him for the rest of his life at this point. Maybe rightly so, maybe not rightly so. I don't want to get into the legalities of it. But in terms of the marvel of it all, 
they got the they're on the Guardians tour right now. They're doing a bunch of photo calls, which are literally what they sound like. Like people can shout questions at them, but most of the time they're just taking pictures. They're doing yeah. some fun bits for uh, local not local radio stations, but like local TV stations and taping things for different places internationally. <laughs> I'm here in Columbus, <laughs> Ohio. I'm Star-Lord and I'm here just doing and playing the oldies. Yep. Uh, but they do stuff like that, too. But the big thing that is coming up is on April 27th is the world premiere red carpet of Guardians of the Galaxy. And that to me is sort of Marvel's drop dead date for when they have to say or do something. Right. Because. Gaming through thinking about the carpet, they can lock it down so there's literally no questions. Like, they're just doing it like the photo call. That's bad. The framing of that is going to be Marvel locks down carpets so they don't get questions about Jonathan Majors. They can also, and this happens, this is part of the industry, you send anybody attending the carpet – Essentially, DNRs, do not reveals, is something you said for shows, but you could say, like, no conversation about anything that does not relate to Guardians of the Galaxy. But that's a tricky thing for two reasons. The first reason is because, as a journalist, somebody's going to go rogue anyway, right, and ask the question, and that's the clip that's going to go viral. They're going to ignore that. Or, alternately, let's say nobody ignores it, somebody's going to snap a picture of that and be like, Marvel blocked all questions about Jonathan Majors on the red carpet, and that becomes the story. So I think they are boxed in in terms of, like you're saying, they have this major event where they got to make some sort of decision. So what are their paths forward at this point if Marvel has to say something? And I'll throw out two possibilities. The first possibility Mm -hmm. is the Ezra Miller route. Right. The, and what DC mm, is essentially wow. doing with Ezra Miller, Ezra Miller, even more than Jonathan on major, Jonathan Majors, Ezra Miller is on camera doing multiple things like choke slamming yeah. a lady and throwing her to the ground, going crazy in Hawaii, reportedly has guns and has kidnapped children and all of these things. Uh, so what Ezra Miller has done is very bad. But WB immediately came out and said, Ezreal is working on themselves. They are seeking help. They're getting therapy. We stand behind Ezra Miller. Uh, and then they have pivoted the marketing for this movie, the Flash movie, starring Ezra Miller as the Flash, yeah. to mostly be about Michael Keaton's Batman. Let's be honest, right? Right. So yeah. whether that will work or not, we won't know because the movie doesn't come out until June. I think they're also probably hoping that people will have forgotten about all of the Ezra Miller stuff by then. <laughs> Well, but I would argue it has worked in in so much as the conversation of the movie has shifted. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, I think Ezra Miller is still sort of in, like, can you believe this is happening? Can you believe Ezra Miller is still, like, uh, you know, around and part of this? But I think they have, from a PR point of view, successfully moved the conversation away from the, this issue. And, again, we're talking about this from purely, like, uh, how to deal with it. The things that, that Ezra did are – awful and also like it's someone who is like out of control it seems like so mm-hmm. the fact that so much of of dc is like we're managing um uh, this person it's like is tricky it's a jonathan majors it's like something happened and now it's the, the blowout from all of that so it is a slightly different issue absolutely i mean they're all different issues i'm just saying that is a possibility for marvel the 
little caveat I put yeah. there, and maybe this is the thing that's holding up with this route, is it seems like there's a lot more to cut out about Jonathan Majors. So them saying, hey, right. we've sat down with Jonathan and we're really working on it. He's going to seek help for his behavior. And then 14 more women come out, say he has violently abused him over the course of several decades. I'm not saying that's what's going to happen, but if that sort of thing happens – that immediately shoots Marvel in the foot in terms of strategy. So they might know more stuff than we know at this point, and that might be holding up. Uh, the second possibility is just recasting him, right? And that's yeah. another thing that might be causing this delay is trying to lock up whoever his replacement is before they announce, hey, we've dropped Jonathan Majors. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, that's recasting. I mean, we've seen how many Hulks and that was fine. Uh, they weren't recast for uh, something like this, but just that's what happened. And no one had any sort of problem with that from a story perspective. Right. They even have coming up uh, General Ross. Obviously, William Hurt passed away. So that's a different situation as well. But they recast him as Harrison Ford, you know, in uh, Captain America, New World Order. I don't think anybody's going to be like, oh, man, Harrison Ford. So the uh, the popular pinnacle on the internet is uh, Damson Idris, who is in Snowfall and a couple of other things. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, if they announce him, that's fine. I also have a friend who uh, speculated that maybe they're waiting, and we're going to talk about this towards the end of the podcast, to announce Fantastic Four casting uh, sort of almost simultaneously to bury the Jonathan Majors thing. Be like, yeah, we're dropping mm. Jonathan Majors as Kang. And which is a very funny thing to be like, hey, great news. Adam Driver is Reed Richards. Mila Kunis is Stu Storm. Jonathan Majors is not Kang anymore. Seth Rogen is the thing. And yeah, then, <laughs> right. From there. But uh, casting is both uh, something happening and something not happening. So exactly. I think uh, it's a binary. There you go. I mean, I, 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 the, all those things make total sense. Uh, but they need to, it comes back to like, do something. Even if you mm. come out and say like, we, this is a very serious situation. We are, are, are figuring out what the, the best situation, the best way forward for us is. And they haven't even done that. And it's like, that's the basic, you know, thoughtful thing to do. And the mm -hmm. fact that they're silent there is just a problem. It is. And it's only going to get a bigger problem as it goes, but I expect we'll probably find something out in the next week. Let's move on to a couple of lighter topics. Patty Lapone went to the main source of Marvel news other than this podcast, which is the view and let slip that she is mm. playing the character Lila Calderu in Agatha Coven of Chaos. Once again, I found Marvel fans' very, reaction very funny. They're like, oh, my God, Lila Calderu, my favorite character from my favorite comic. Can't believe she's finally on screen. And I was like, I've been reading comics for decades. And I was like, I don't know what they're talking about. Yeah, no, agree. And also, this show is shaping up to be just <laughs> crazy. What is happening here? And it's going forward. Yeah, it it is interesting. I mean, not to pivot back to this, but I do think it's interesting that we're at the point now where all these trades, like we've passed Robert Downey Jr. as Iron Man. We've passed Chris Hemsworth as four. We're now Patty Lapone, Broadway superstar, is playing Lila Calderu, whoever that is, and that's in a bunch of headlines. And I'm just picturing a bunch of people at their jobs being like, I don't know what the fuck this is. Let me just type this in here. Let's go. Yeah, okay. <laughs> So so much Marvel fandom wiki like uh, she seems to be the uh, the book of Cagliostro is a big thing with her. What does that mean? <laughs> it's like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> uh, this words. This words. She briefly, up. and I will say she she briefly used the serpent crown. Oh, so, I do love that serpent crown. About. That is fun. That always creeps me little, out as a kid. It's a little 
It's a snake hat. It's a little snake hat. Yeah, it's a little snake hat, and it can control people, right? And over time, the more you wear it, it gives you snake skin, and that always creeped me out as a kid. There was a whole Serpent Crown crossover in the annuals. I bet that's going to be what they're going to use it for. Slowly turning into a snake? That's like Marvel magic right there. <laughs> right there. Uh, well, anyway, we're going to keep it tuned to The View for more news on that, I'm sure. Over mm. to Deadpool 3. The Wolverine in Deadpool 3 is a, quote, divergence from what Hugh Jackman has previously done, says Ryan Reynolds. He told that to uh, uh, there was an interview that was uh, pumped in Variety about this. He didn't give much specifics, but he said this was part of the reason they were able to sell Hugh is this is not something he's done before. So pure speculation, what is this then? Well, divergence is a weird word to use because what does it mean? Like his claws come out of his eyes or like what's <laughs> happening here? Like the, what do you even mean by that? Because we want – the whole point of bringing in Hugh Jackman is we want that Wolverine. It's like right. get that guy back. I like him. I, I have to so. imagine – we don't really know a lot of plot details. There's a lot of speculation about this, but I can't imagine there isn't some sort of Deadpool becomes aware of the MCU type thing. So I think what we're going to get since Deadpool is almost like in its own pocket X-Men universe at the same time, like the it's sort of in the X-Men movies, but sort of not in the X-Men movies that we're going to get whatever that like pure well, version of Wolverine. And it's sort of yeah. what, no, go ahead. I was going to say it, it sort of is the X-Men movies right now. Mm-hmm. Well, a- absolutely. I mean, I think at the same time, though, like we're going to get this Hugh Jackman that has not gone through Logan. He's not like the broken <laughs> Logan Hugh Jackman. Instead, yeah. we're going to get, I don't know, like the X2 style one sort of at his prime powers, even though Hugh Jackman's a little bit older. I agree with that completely. It's going to be uh, – and I bet they, they turn the tone a little bit to be a little more fun and a little more like hard-drinking Wolverine rather than the brooding Wolverine that was sort of the main character through all of those movies, including yeah. the, the Wolverine movies. Yeah, exactly. We're going to get straight man Wolverine to crazy man, Deadpool. He's going to drive him nuts. It's going to be the same sort of dynamic as Cable and Deadpool in Deadpool 2. Uh, let's move on to another one. I thought this was buddy, a, buddy comedy, Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid style. Exactly. I thought this was a fun interview over an inverse with Katie O'Brien. She was talking about Ant-Man 3. She played, I legitimately do not remember the name of the character, but she was the leader, leader of the revolution in the movie. Um, yeah. She thought she was auditioning for the Marvels. Like, they didn't tell her what she was auditioning uh-huh. for. The scene was apparently her sitting around with a bunch of women around a fire and talking. And she's like, what movie is going to have a bunch of women in it? Oh, probably the Marvels. This is probably for the Marvels. Cool. And then eventually she found out it was Ant-Man 3. It was like, oh, huh. All right. There we go. It is crazy to be like, to be an actor and go like, I'm doing a Marvel thing and have no idea where it is, what it is, where it will go. It's like the opposite of what the whole acting business is or like being an actor. It's where you like study the role, you prepare, you go in and audition. They're like, beautiful. That was you really portrayed the character. Instead, it's like, come pretend you're sitting by a fire and we'll tell you if we liked what you did and what you said. <laughs> it is crazy. And it, it's we've talked about this a bit, but it's things like. Elizabeth Olsen never meeting John Krasinski on the set of Multiverse of Madness. All these things where they're just Frankensteining together these movies that 
I don't know. This is not to be derisive about it, but it's like it's like putting together live cartoons, essentially, right? Like you have yeah. these people. Well, no, go ahead. And you, you famously like in the craft of acting. I'm a classically trained actor, oh, um, sure. as I've have I ever said that. I don't know if I have. No, I don't but it's not so. like when you're. When you're mounting a, a stage play, you don't have all the actors in different areas talking toward each other, but not ever making eye contact. Like you have to have these people together because no matter and schedules difficult, but no matter how cleanly they make it look in the edit, you can tell that it's not there. I think that was the big criticism of uh, of Ant-Man is you could see that not a lot of this was ever made at the same time. Well, and on the opposite end of the spectrum, I initially kind of wanted to hate it, but I ended up loving it. They released this DVD, not DVD extra, I don't even know what you call it, digital extra at this point for <laughs> Ant-Man 3, of how Corey Stoll filmed, filmed his performance as MODOK. And on the surface, it is the most slacker thing you've ever seen, but I thought it was actually kind of interesting. So... The way that they did it is they had Corey Stoll with, you know, the dots all over his face so they could capture it. And they had a camera directly on his face so they could capture his performance. And it was literally just him sitting around a table in a room like Paul Rudd's there in shorts hanging out. But he's doing his lines with everybody. It's not on a set or anything like that. It's literally just so they can capture his face so they can get the performance. And. I know, I know people are very split about Modoc, but I do think that points to like why he is so engaged in his performance. But then later yeah. on, you have Paul Rudd, Catherine Newton, whoever on set with whatever they were doing there. And that is removed based on what we're talking about, because like they filmed this with him in just a room where everybody's sitting around a table in their regular clothes. And then later on, they're in, you know, the Ant-Man costume and whatever, filming this thing with a tennis ball. Well, it's very normal to have, you know, when you're doing your close-up on another actor, to have someone else reading the line, say. Mm-hmm. Uh, often, I mean, you obviously want the other actor in the scene to stand there. But if it's like, you know, a big celebrity or they're doing something else, it's like, okay, I'll read the lines with you. Like, that definitely happens. It's more like when the whole movie, there's no spatial relationship between anyone. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, that's that's show business, I guess. Moving on to another couple of things. Judo Temple may join Venom 3 in a mystery role that apparently comes from the comics. Great. Sounds good. I like Judo Temple. Symbiote. Symbiote? Absolutely. She looks like uh, nothing against her. She's a great actress. She's very fun. She looks like a symbiote. Yeah, <laughs> great casting. She yeah. is a symbiote. There you go. Uh, but too bad Pete isn't here to talk about it. He loves Ted Lasso, and he'd be very excited about that. If they could slowly move the Venom series into being Ted Lasso, I think he'd be the happiest man alive. Let me be honest. It's sort of there. A lot of it is there. <laughs> yeah, they're at least 50% of the way there. Uh, also, another big uh, semi-serious topic that ended in a very quick way, Victoria Alonso and Disney have settled. Now, if you remember, Victoria Alonso was the uh, vice president in charge of production and VFX. She was abruptly yeah. fired by Marvel, let go, basically like we've been talking about, pretty much their fall guy for everything that's been going wrong. And then they made up a reason that it had to do with her documentary that she had made that was released through Amazon's Prime Video and that she talked about it on the Ant-Man carpet. It was this whole thing. Anyway, they've settled and they're fine. So that's all over, which I I was surprised. I really thought this was going to drag on for a while and bring some nasty stuff to life. But nope. 
Well, it was becoming another problem for them. Like it mm-hmm. was enough in the news that people were kept asking about it. It makes sense. And they've known her like they she helped build the whole project. Yeah. So like that finding a solution, at least it made, I was like, OK, this makes sense. Now yeah. they have t- a lot of runway to go talk about Jonathan Majors. There you go. Well, it really frees them up to talk about that. Uh, Shang-Chi is going to be airing on multiple broadcast TV networks, Disney, ABC, FX, Freeform. This is something they've been doing uh, quite a bit. We've seen episodes of The Mandalorian air. We saw episode, not She-Hulk, but something, some other Marvel Andor. Show. Andor. That's actually what I was thinking of. Um, aired on there, but... Uh, they sent out a big press release about this earlier in the week, which I was surprised felt like it sort of came out of nowhere. Do you think this means anything for a Shang-Chi 2, or is it just filling broadcast airspace? It's just a strange, specific one to be like, and now we're airing this. Yeah, I think, I mean, the only rationale I thought of was this movie maybe was, they think was underseen mm-hmm. uh, because of when it came out. So like you could be like, you know what, there's people who probably haven't seen this one and maybe aren't as, it's not something everyone's aware of. So make, put it on the, as a broad, as, get it out there to as many people as possible. Maybe that tracks. Um, but it, I, I like this stuff, like putting these shows in, in a movie like this out it's like what people want, especially like summer's coming. It's like reminds me of being a kid and being like, yeah, did you see her? That there's going to be Indiana Jones is on at eight tonight. It's like, what? Like before streaming and all of that. Like, so like, yeah, I think what does it mean for Shang-Chi 2? I, I, I don't know. I would be surprised if they did a sequel to that. But maybe. definitely with the place that Disney is in right now, which is a bummer because it is a good, very fun movie. And I would love to see a sequel. I think we will see Simulu as... Shang-Chi again yes. at some point. Absolutely. But yeah, I don't know if there's going to be a sequel to that one. But hey, maybe we'll watch it on TV. Maybe a lot of people will watch it and they'll change their mind. On the opposite end of the spectrum, going the other way, Scarlet Scarab, the character who was an MCU exclusive on <laughs> Moon Knight, <laughs> is going to be coming to Marvel Comics in Moon Knight 25, I believe, is the issue. Uh, what do you think about this? This feels inevitable to me, right? Uh, yes, but also it feels like back in the day reading comics when it'd be like um, you'd get pick up your latest issue of Spider-Man. It's like, will Spider-Man tame the, the torpedo? And it's be like, the torpedo new, new debuts. And you read it and it's like a character you see once and never see again. It's like, yeah. okay. <laughs> like it's And it feels a little bit like that. Like Scar the Scarab, like the character in the show. Uh, the origin of the the hero at the end felt a little like, are they going to do anything with this? And it feels like maybe they won't in the MCU, given everything that's happening. But of course, you got to bring it to comics. And if they put the time in and make this character uh, interesting and important, I would love it. Yeah, I'm all for it. It was surprising to me just in terms of the big deal they made about, hey, we have created an original superhero in the MCU. Is this cool? So there was a a little bit of a thought in my head of, okay, this is an MCU exclusive. I know I joked about that earlier, but like this is somebody we're going to really build out and develop. I don't know where Moon Knight season two presumably is happening at some point. So I guess we would see her show up there, maybe eventually somewhere else. But it also feels inevitable that they were having conversations in Marvel comics and trying to figure out how can we bring this character in here and how can we put her and with her not being on screen for a while, 
it keeps the character of the consciousness and it's fine and they'll do a good job. So it's all good. Yeah, they'll do a great job. Oh, boy. Uh, another maybe nothing burger story, potentially like the Shang-Chi airing on broadcast. But people are very excited about this. The Spider-Man movies, surprisingly and very suddenly, are coming to Disney+. Plus. They're was, there now. Yeah, they're there now. This was literally <laughs> like I got a press release saying, hey, great news. Spider-Man movies and Venom movies are coming to Disney+. Plus. And I looked at the date and I was like, oh, that's tomorrow. You are announcing this for tomorrow. We didn't know this. And just like some, for some framing, I don't know how much people care, but at work, we will get what we call new odd lists. Basically, Disney yeah. will send out Disney Plus, Hulu, and ESPN as one big list. And they'll send it out like a week before the month. So we mostly know what is coming up on April towards the end of the month before April is March. There we go. I remember that. <laughs> big reveal. Yeah, you get a go. press release right coming up April. Yeah, and Stay uh, shocker, write that one up. Uh, but yeah, we usually know about this stuff in advance, so I was very surprised. Like three quarters of the way through the month, to be like, "Oh, okay, you're adding some major stuff." So it sounds like they must have worked out whatever deal it was with Sony, sort of at the last minute. Uh, but now we got the Tobey Maguire trilogy is on Disney Plus. The first, uh, the first uh, Tom Holland and Andrew Garfield movies. And oh, sorry, no, the Tom Holland movie, Spider-Man Homecoming and Venom are coming next month, but we mm. have the rest of them there now. So I think this just means that like Sony stuff has cleared and they could do it now. But do you think there's anything more there potentially? Well, it sounds like they like started the upload like, oops, did you upload <laughs> it? OK, quick, write a press release. Tell them it's coming. Uh, but I also think it. The incentive of of Marvel, I don't know how much this story is just how we talk about Marvel right now or if there's any truth to it, but like there's this Marvel struggle that's happening right now. It feels like they were like, it gives them a little bit more incentive to close whatever deal they were trying to close with Sony and get these on the service, draw more eyeballs to the service, be like Spider-Man is our big thing. Spider-Man never fails. Spider-Man, Spider-Man, Spider-Man. And then now we have Spider-Man. Yeah, it might also point to something, we'll talk about this in a second, that's happening at CinemaCon later on this upcoming week, because there's going to be a lot of announcements there. But why don't we move on to a big rumor patrol? We mentioned Fantastic Forecasting earlier on, but the big one that is coming out from a lot of different folks, nobody, none of the trades are doing this, so very much grain of salt. But a lot of rumor mongers are saying that Adam Driver is the top choice right now for Reed Richards. There's also been a lot of talk about Mila Kunis, potentially for Sue Storm. What do you think about these castings? I feel like Adam Driver is – he does everything. He will do – like, is he have some – is he trying to buy a home, uh, like a very nice home? Uh, he's out there. Uh, and I feel like he – it seems like he actually really wants to play Reed Richards, which I think is great. Um, he could be good. It's a little bit brooding. It's less the bright uh, Reed Richards scientist. So my, my feeling on it, him is that – it, it it threw me for a loop because like you, I think I'm trying to wrap my brain around how is Adam Driver based on what we've seen him before, Reed Richards, because it doesn't quite fit. Like you're saying, he's in with Disney. He did the Star Wars movies. He seems up for whatever, a game for whatever. And the fact that he's not in the MCU already is like, sure, they got to get him eventually somehow. So why yeah. not get him as Reed? Uh, he, to me, strikes me a little more as the maker which is the evil Reed Richards mm. from the Ultimate Universe, 
than as Reed Richards from the main Marvel universe. Well, maybe that's uh, a storyline they're pursuing. And then you want to have him play both. Yeah, they could also, and this makes a lot of sense with the origins of the MCU, Go, they could be going the ultimate route with him, which is a little bit of a darker take on Reed Richards, potentially. I think we've all been expecting this sunnier 60s-style Fantastic Four yeah. to come out here, but what if they go the opposite route? I guess that's possible. Well, and maybe like Mila Kunis being in the rumor mill also doesn't feel very much like a Sue Storm. So maybe the, it, the, maybe the flavor is a little bit different here, like you're saying. Yeah, potentially. I guess we'll see what happens. Uh, I will throw out there, I know I was joking about this earlier, but once I started thinking about Seth Rogen as the thing, I couldn't stop thinking about that. That, that to me is like perfect casting. I mean, I've never heard like the the thing voice in my head from the comics isn't his voice, but I think it would work perfectly. And then we could never unhear Seth Rogen's laugh as the thing, like, you know, shouting its clobber in time. Like it's, it's fun. Yeah. And I'll throw out one other thing. If they do actually go that route is we talked a lot about Moon Knight and the whole Jewish thing. I felt like being yeah. Jewish, they didn't really execute it as well. I don't really care too much about Moon Knight being Jewish. I mean, what I said back then, I was like, just don't touch it. It's fine. The thing is a yeah. character that I would like to see be Jewish. And if they cast Seth Rogen, that would make me very happy. Well, it's, it's talking about hitting hitting the mark. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, it's perfect. Yeah. For, for that and for all these other reasons. And then here's the thing, though. How do you beat Johnny, uh, Chris Evans as Johnny Storm? I don't know. I, I think it's funny. That's to a me. tough one. It is really tough. You got to get somebody who's like very young, got a lot of, uh, not to use the word, but like a lot of fire. I, I've seen some rumors for Rudy Pankow, who plays JJ on Outer Banks, which feels like maybe. No, I, you're not. I mean, maybe, that. but like too young. I love Outer Banks. No, <laughs> the show that show's too dumb. It's hard for me to know if that guy's good at anything. <laughs> Chase so Stokes like if he comes as in, Reed he's Richards, Outer Banks. <laughs> Madeline Klein yeah. as Sue Storm, Rudy Panko as Johnny Storm, and I don't know who's who's the thing from Outer Banks. The guy who plays Rob, I, I guess. Uh, the the gangster that gives them uh, that JJ tries to get money from in this <laughs> season. Sure. season. We can't be talking about this. We cannot yeah. be talking about we this. Move the fact that we both know what this is is bad for our lives. <laughs> All right, one quick one to end up here because there's a bunch of new stuff obviously we put out here, but next week is a huge week for movies. It is CinemaCon. This is, I would argue, almost bigger in terms of news and things that come out than San Diego Comic-Con. San Diego Comic-Con is like a press release con in a certain way at this point. Here, right. CinemaCon, this is where movie studios basically go to cinemas and say, great news, theater is back. Don't worry about the streaming stuff. Here's the awesome stuff that's coming your way. We are going to show you whole movies right now to get you hyped up for this stuff. Let's get ready. The next year of theaters are going to be, theater stuff is going to be amazing. 
In terms of Marvel stuff, Monday, Sony, Sony is definitely showing off across the Spider-Verse. And by the I way, just... there are press people there as well. And people are not supposed to leak stuff, but leaks come out. So we're probably going to get some news about across the Spider-Verse. It's possible Sony might um, say stuff about other Spider-Man movies like Craven, most likely. Madam Web, I guess. Oh, Madam Web hype's going to be real. Real. <laughs> like, Julia I'm there. Carpenter! <laughs> and Venom 3, they'll probably mention stuff about that as well. It's also possible because Sony likes to blab their heads off, they might say something about Tom Holland and Spider-Man 4, potentially, or who knows what else. And then Wednesday is going to be Disney's presentation, so potentially expect more there, though they have a half-day presentation and they have a lot of stuff to get through. So they may drop a couple of Marvel things and skip over to Star Wars and Little Mermaid and other things like that. I guess we'll have to see. Sony's the little brother trying to hang at the bowling uh-huh. alley with all the other kids, all the big kids, and start like, "Hey, yeah, you know, I saw a dead body that that the other side of the track." It's like, "Don't talk about that. You're not supposed to say that right now." <laughs> so yes, they're probably going to say if they give us some sort of like nugget about Spider-Man Four, that's exciting and good on them. Yeah, I, I could even see them being like, we're very close. We're going to have some big plans for Tom Holland, Spider-Man 4. And then Wednesday, Kevin Feige's like, no, we don't. <laughs> yeah, we, yeah. Please. Exactly. Well, that's when the big bro has to come in and be like, hey, shut up. <laughs> don't talk about this stuff. <laughs> Mom's going to kill you if you talk about that. All right. So listen, if you have some stories you would like us to cover or hot tips, you can always email us at comicbookclublive at gmail.com. If you'd like to support this podcast and all the podcasts we do, patreon.com slash comicbookclub. Also, we do a live show every Tuesday night to Facebook and YouTube. Come hang out. We would love to chat with you about Marvel stuff. Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, or the app of your choice to subscribe, listen, and follow the show at Marvel Vision Pod on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, comicbookclublive.com for this podcast and many more. Until next time. Stay marvelous. The idea of Madame Webb and Lila Calderu and the Serpent Crown all existing <laughs> at the same time. Think of the one person that even knows what I just said. <laughs> Rudy Petko, probably. Probably.